You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. It's me and Brandon today with our special guest, Bryden Bully. That's right. Whoa, what what happened to Chase? Did yeah. we fire him? Yeah, he's he's out. He's no... <laughs> he's out. He's gone. Okay. He told yeah. me he was going skydiving. Oh, that's not funny. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> He said last minute, I'm going skydiving. Okay. Just kidding. He's not doing that. Okay. Uh, man, we teased, um, not, we didn't tease you, but we teased your trip a lot. A lot. Did you really? Yeah, the last, um, I don't know how many numbers of podcasts were into this thing Okay. but yeah, it was, and then you should see what Bryden's doing on the CDT. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are going to be interested in, in, uh, hearing this report. Okay. So. Great. I'm yeah. excited to talk about it with them. And then I, I was talking to Bryden right before. I don't. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things we we could talk about. So, um, but I know you're a, l- a little bit short on time. So let's. Uh, first things first. Um, Greg, did you want to talk about um, experience, or do you want to jump into some gear um, so that we can get some of the gear stuff? I want to hear the experience first. Okay. And then we can talk about gear later. Um, but I kind of want to know. Um, yeah. I've been a I've been uh, interested in ultra, well, and through hiking, ultralight backpacking and through hiking my entire life, but I haven't done a lot of it. And Mm -hmm. um, so now you've done Pacific Crest Trail and you've done the majority of the Continental Divide Trail. Right. And those are two trails that I've always wanted to do. We've heard a little bit about the Mm -hmm. PCT. So I'm just curious to hear about the Continental Divide Trail, maybe... What were your expectations going in, and and did it meet your expectations, exceed them? Was it just completely different than you thought it would be? Like what was, and then and then maybe let's talk about some of your favorite okay. places. Um, going into the CDT, my expectations were uh, that it was one going to be very hard, uh, f- very physically demanding, um, very rugged terrain. Uh, navigation would be really challenging and uh, it, aside from those three things I also anticipated it to be very beautiful very grand and sort of exposed up on ridge lines a lot and honestly it met every single one of those expectations yeah <laughs> it was uh and then some maybe and that's um, <laughs> yeah you know it it really was um very physically demanding i felt like every day was really uh putting my body through the ringer and navigation was very hard but that was mainly due to uh maybe something like the pct the trail maintenance is 
is very regulated. So the trail is in very good shape. It's very distinct of where you're going. It's almost impossible to get lost because the trail is so, uh, it's walked on so regularly throughout the summertime, spring, fall, whatever it might be that it just gets so much traction. It's kind of like the Bonneville Shoreline Trail where it's so obvious that that's the trail. It's just very defined path. Whereas the CDT, it is nowhere near like that. It's um, there are points where, yes, there is a trail crew who comes out and, and digs and makes this nice defined path, like the PCT or the Appalachian Trail or the Bonneville, whatever it might be. But that's only in small sections. So I'll, I'd say 50% of the time from walking from Canada to New Mexico, there was a lot of points where the trail was just sort of this impression in the grass or um, sort of a trail, sort of something that you can see that, oh, it looks like there's been people walking here. I guess that I'll take that. <laughs> and, I, and I would check my navigational app and see, oh, okay, I'm, my way marker is pretty much on the trail, which was also a lot of times my app was pretty inaccurate. So I would just sort of follow and hope for the best and read the topo on the map and just go from there. So as far as navigational expectations, it it was pretty accurate. I, I was struggling to navigate quite a bit. But then when it would come to a dirt road or something and you just walk on the dirt road, that was pretty easy because it's a, just a big dirt road. Right. So I but. imagine in, in those cases, because, you know, when I'm out hiking and backpacking, I try to avoid the dirt roads. But I imagine right. when you're hiking that far and you're having a hard time following the trails, it's almost a relief. It was. It, honestly, uh, the dirt, I learned to love dirt roads. Yeah. <laughs> I would walk on a dirt road all day long now because, well, for a couple of reasons, it, it's impossible to get lost when you're on a dirt road. And right. then second of all, uh, you can actually move a lot faster on a dirt road. Right. You're not looking down on the trail, looking for uh, obstructions like rocks or up uh, roots or something that could trip you. So right. you're not really focusing on that. So you can just, just walk cruise. as fast as you can and just keep just, walking so and mindlessly so yeah yeah exactly you can do whatever you want right yeah so i, I really liked the dirt roads yeah <laughs> um and, and you walk on a lot of them on the cdt so huh cool but um yeah the trail was very exposed um it really was when it went you know it's called the continental divide trail there it didn't have any clothes on yeah it didn't have any clothes on wow yeah Holy the, cow. i was really offended a lot <laughs> <laughs> no just kidding but uh <laughs> when they say the continental divide trail they're not kidding it really it really is on the co on the actual continental divide you, right. you know you can look at the topo of where you're at and it shows a, a a line of the continental divide and then the trail is right there along with it right right on it so especially in the montana idaho portion because the trail the what separates those two states in the in the southwest is is the continental divide right so the trail is hopping back and forth between those two states a lot so I, th I think there was one day where i walked i was in idaho in montana back and forth like 15 different times in just one day oh wow it was really fun cool but um yeah yeah it, it's a beautiful trail awesome yeah so when you said it it, it it met or exceeded your expectations for like the physical difficulty of right. it. Were there times where physically you just thought, I don't know if I can do this or was it always something? Cause you're, you're a good athlete. You're, 
you've been uh, like a semi-pro snowboarder for many many years so you do you spend a ton of time in the mountains hiking mm-hmm. and snowboarding and those types of things you've done the pct before some of those things so you're no, he, he didn't say great but yeah. he said he said good <laughs> you're <laughs> i mean you're kind of an average athlete so yeah. <laughs> let's so uh, <laughs> um was it was it were there ever points in the trail where you just thought man i don't know if i can do this like physically um I don't think so. Yeah. I think that um, physically there weren't any moments where I thought, okay, yeah, I, I need to like turn around and go home or something like that. I think that the hardest part, aside from physic- the physical demanding hiking that the CDT brings, is actually the weather. Mm. The weather really is the hardest part of the CDT. You know, th- there are parts on the trail where the hiking is nice. It's not that hard, but... Um, but the thing that is hardest is the weather. You know, you're on the Continental Divide, so you have all... It, it, it's the backbone of North America and South America. So all the weather cultivates on the Continental Divide and usually drops it before it hits the plains or comes in from the plains and then drops it on the Continental Divide. It's coming from the Pacific or what, or the plains or whatever it might be. So it's always cultivating right there and dropping. So you have really intense wind a lot of rain almost every single day um, and extremely cold temperatures um, so you have all this weather so that was definitely if there was any moment in time on the CDT that I thought to myself oh I don't know if I can do this it was because mentally do I really want to walk in these extreme weather uh, changes for the next four months or whatever that might be so right physically no i don't think there was there was never a point where i thought oh i can't i can't do this because you know let's say you're on like a hill climb you just take it uh slower slower and you just eventually you're going to get to the top and that that's one of my favorite things about through hiking is the hill climbs i love going uphill because eventually you do get to this like grand view or whatever that might be but yeah it's mainly the weather that's good uh, life advice eventually you get to the top eventually you get to the top but what goes up must come down also great life advice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how much do you like the cold i really i learned that i really do not like backpacking in the cold that is but there's cold and then there's there's cdt cold there's, there's CDT cold and cold. then there's extremely cold colorado I mean, in september october cold exactly yeah i mean it, it's one thing to ha- to be backpacking in a shoulder season in the fall where okay it's moderate temps during the day you know 50s 60s and then in the nighttime it gets to you know in the 30s or something and you and it's like oh it's it's chilly i'll put my down jacket on and then i should be fine in my sleeping bag but there was almost every i'd say every single night towards the end of wyoming and then all through colorado every single night it was it was winter temps for sure cold winter temps definitely in the teens consistently and then sometimes in the single single digits and um, uh, I've been telling this to a lot of people to help them understand how cold it really was, but there was multiple nights, probably a handful, where the sun had just gone down or was not down yet, and I would be setting up my tent, and the water in my water bottles were already freezing. They were becoming ice, and it, I wasn't even in my tent to go to sleep yet. So wow. yeah. that is very cold, yeah. Wow. I don't even... Th- I think... In the middle of winter here, 
I don't even know if that, get that cold it doesn't get that often. cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and this was in September. Wow. So, yeah, and I, it was kind of a freak deal because I mean, we got a batch of really cold weather here too. Right. And now it's fine. Yeah. Now it yeah. feels like <laughs> every November or whatever. Yeah. It, so it yeah. could have been a week, two weeks of just a weird lull in the air pressure or something. Yeah, it could have been um, a cold front that came through. Um, but also, Colorado really is just extremely high altitudes, very consistently. I, I was hiking at. Um, our goal every night to to camp was to try to be below ten thousand if we could, but try to camp never above eleven thousand. So, below eleven thousand in Colorado on the CDT is actually pretty low. You're pretty consistently at at 11.5 sometimes 12 sometimes 12.5 sometimes 13,000 feet you're you're at those altitudes quite often consistently so i don't yeah i don't think that it goes below 9,000 feet ever in colorado wow so (laughs) yeah that's was the altitude a problem as far as like breathing or were you used to that for the most part i uh fortunately i i'm used to that i i never experienced um like altitude sickness or never experienced altitude sickness definitely when i was at uh altitudes in the 12s or the 13s it was it was obvious yeah yeah i was winded for sure but it never got to a point where i thought oh i need to i have altitude sickness i need to get down it it never got to that point yeah but did you summit any uh 14ers that were on the way or uh, were you near any that you were like yeah i was gonna (laughs) dropped over and summit a 14er um, I did not. There was, there is one point on the Connell, on the CDT where, quote, the official trail goes over um, two peaks. One's called Gray's, one called, is called Tories. Those are both 14,000 foot peaks, part of the 14ers in Colorado. And that's part of the CDT, but there's also an alternate that I took that it would allow me to like walk right into this one town. So I took that instead. But that actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that um, this is a perfect example of how the CDT is ever changing. They're constantly changing what the official trail is, and they're rerouting hikers all the time, year by year. And so when I was taking, it, it, uh, what was the alternate called? It, it brought me into this town right on the highway, uh, Silverthorne. It was called the Silverthorne Alternate. And um, when I was on the Silverthorne Alternate. I thought, yeah, okay, this is the alternate. I'm missing out on Tories. This is the not the official CDT. But it was interesting because my friend had an old map on his phone that he was using to navigate from 2017. And in 2017, what we were on was the official CDT. So only two years ago um, was... So yeah. You have to say, uh, I hiked the official CDT, the 2017 version. Yeah, the, tw- <laughs> the 2017 <laughs> version, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a good example of like the CDT is always changing. It's a very new trail. Um, They're building it and they're not building it at the same time. I mean, the Wyoming Basin is not a hiking trail. It's just dirt roads that are connecting. It's just cows and dirt roads and And, they're just... And no clean water. No, no no clean water (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> I, I heard you need some serious stuff to clean the water on the CDT. Yes, uh, lots of water filters and um, 
handkerchiefs and, st and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, I know we're not getting into the gear too much, but I'm curious because mm -hmm. uh, on the PCT you use the Sawyer squeeze filters a lot, yes. right? Yes, yes, it is. And did you do that again on this one? Um, you did it at first, right? I I never used the squeeze. Sawyer released something recently called the uh, micro squeeze. I think it's called. Okay. It's a newer one, and um, and I was excited about it because it's advertised as same flow rate as the squeeze will last this long. So I was excited about it, uh, but that turned into uh, me absolutely hating it. It I, <coughs> the micro squeeze. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of work to do with that filter. I mean, it's still the same membrane. It's it's the same technology as the other Sawyer products, but the uh, opening for water to go into the Sawyer is like super small. So it can't. It just won't filter water as fast as something with a larger opening because water can't get into it as fast. Right. So it it would just get really really slow, even with back flushing it and doing everything possible to keep it in good condition. It just it would. Uh, decrease flow rate really fast probably within two weeks hmm. so i started using the bee free mm -hmm. um and that that turned into my ferret water filter ever i and, love that thing and that worked better than the sawyer absolutely yeah nice it's comparable to the normal squeeze um but i'd say it's a little bit faster than the normal squeeze and lasts longer than the normal squeeze nice yes very good cool um so what were your favorite parts of the trail? Um, so you did uh, right at the end of the trail, or right at the end of your journey in mm -hmm. New Mexico. Right. You didn't finish through New Mexico mm -hmm. for a few reasons. One, you had a real nasty ear infection that wouldn't even go away with right. I still, medication, right? I still have still something. With it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been like a month or yeah, it's been almost a, a month. Yeah. So, um, so you can't speak to the. Uh, to the New Mexico right. part of the trail, at least not all of it, but most people like the other parts better anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think mean New Mexico has its own beauty, of course. Right. Beauty, but uh, a lot of the people who I spoke with, the other hikers who have hiked New Mexico, um, the, generally people really like New Mexico. Yeah. But a lot of people are always there in the spring, so the cactus bloom is there there's uh lots of life coming and there's a lot of water things are green so that could probably play a a part of it but a lot of people do really like new mexico i wouldn't say that generally people said new mexico was their favorite yeah but uh for me if i were to say my favorite i would it's it's tied between glacier and the winds yeah those two are definitely the my favorite by far a lot of, all of it's good i mean most of the cdt is really beautiful it's it most of montana is really consistent it kind of seems you know it's just these mountains where you're pretty high above tree line a lot of times and then you dip down into the pines and so the sunsets are really good um and the hiking is really beautiful but i'd say glacier is just these very diverse unique extravagant mountains and it's the same to the winds but they're both the winds and glacier are very different yeah um i mean it's different rock it's different uh climate yeah so but i'd say gla glacier and the winds for sure so what's the t 
difference between like um, or the territory between Glacier and uh, Yellowstone area? Uh, like we, what? What is it like hiking yeah, through it? I just remember driving. There was a lot of flat land, so I didn't know if you were able to stay in mountainous areas or if it leveled out. Right in there. So the Continental Divide pretty much separates, like I guess the beginning of the Great Plains, which would be essentially like the Midwest, which makes up majority of our country. Um, so you have the Continental Divide uh, separating the Great Plains from the Pacific Ocean. So a lot of times walking from Glacier to Yellowstone, I, I was in the mountains the whole time, but there were, were moments where I would look to the east and it would just be completely flat, just, just totally just a basin, you know, or grassland. But um, for the most part, that portion, which is Montana and Idaho, it it's pretty consistent with mountains. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very, it was very rugged. It was very rainy too. When I I started on June twenty fourth, and when when from my start date to where when I got to Yellowstone, I think it rained every single day. <laughs> Whether it's for five minutes, <laughs> yeah. twenty minutes, or an hour, or at night when I'm in my tent, it it would definitely rain. That's when it's okay when you're in your tent. I kind of like that. Yeah, nice. yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I think I think that's a safe statement. Yeah. Um, wildlife? Did you see? I saw so much wildlife. All the things. So much. Were you a little nervous going through? Because you were in like heavy bear territory at the right place. yeah i was in the bob i was really scared for you before you left <laughs> i was yeah you were <laughs> i was in the bob uh the bob marshall wilderness um not sure how accurate this is if this is truth or not but i've heard that when a grizzly or a black bear acts up like gets into some food or maybe attacks a person in glacier they, they put it up in the Bob they Marshall. Put in they the put Bob it in the Bob. They tranquilize it and relocate it into the Bob Marshall. And I walked through the whole thing. It was a hundred, hundred and ninety miles. Did you so walk a little faster. I was. That <laughs> section? I was. <laughs> I was very alert. I, you, you're supposed to when you're going around corners say "Hey bear" and then like clap your hands. Yeah. I was definitely pretty adamant doing at doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but I had bear spray like right on my side, and I was very alert. Um, yeah, I did see a lot of wildlife though. I saw. Two grizzlies, three black bear. Um, s I don't even know how many elk. So many elk. Um, I saw a uh, marten. Do you know what a marten is? Yeah, I do. And then I counted how many moose I saw. I saw 15 Whoa, moose. that's a lot of moose. A lot of them were in Colorado. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's a wilderness area in Colorado right outside of Rocky Mountain National Park called the Never Summer Wilderness. Yeah. And that is beautiful. And... Uh, a lot of moose were hanging out there. One night I was hiking at night with my headlamp, and I was with my buddy from Sweden, and all of a sudden my headlamp just illuminates, like, uh, three pairs of eyes, and they're just staring back at me, and I'm like, oh, okay, by the size of how tall that thing is standing, that is for sure just a... a monster uh, moose. Yeah, just a bunch of moose hanging out, so we, like, had to clap and get, a, get them out of the way. Or Bigfoot. Be. You know, I can't discredit that. That could have been what it is. A bipedal moose. Don't. 
<laughs> Don't worry about admitting it, Bryden. You're yeah. with good, you're in good company here. You're in uh, a safe place. Yeah. Okay, we, it was big we fun. believe. Yeah. Yeah, we believe. We do. Yeah, we, we kind believe. of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at that. This is you in a Bigfoot tours. I got the sign right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It w- the CDT is an interesting experience. Um, Would you do it again? Right now, no. I don't think I would. I really don't. Because you know how, like, uh, when you run 100 miles, I wouldn't know, uh, but I can talk about marathoners, and they run a marathon, and the first 24 hours, they're like, oh, hell no, I will never <laughs> right, right. running another marathon ever again. Yeah. And then a week goes by, and they're on the computer signing up for their next marathon. You know what I mean? Right, so yeah. after a certain amount of time goes by, it might change your mind. Right. You know, I, I, I want to be careful with what I say right now, because... I want to say I want to say that if there's if there's something that I took from the CDT which I, I took a lot from it one thing that I learned is that I really do love backpacking I love long distance hiking I love it with all my heart and I want to continue to do it for the rest of my life or until that passion runs dry but there was something strange and I need to be honest with myself about it it's that while I was on the CDT, the four months that I spent <coughs> on the trail, there was this re- reoccurring feeling that I just didn't know if I really was enjoying that trail. Yeah. And that's just the, my, that's just the honest truth of how I was feeling about it. And, and I really did, uh, the more and more I talked about this with other hikers, I came to find out that that is actually, that was a, a reoccurring, common. yeah, that was a common that was the common denominator of most of the what? trail. Like you think it's it's the trail's fault. It's the trail's fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we need to talk to that trail. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's got an attitude. And but so I talked to a lot of triple crowners, people who know triple crowners and I guess the general the general um, consensus is that the CDT is the least favorite trail out of the PCT Appalachian and in the Although it's beautiful, it, it it is beautiful. I'm look. I'm thinking back on it, and I'm thinking, wow, it is so beautiful. But well, I I don't know. I I can't. I'm trying to figure it out myself. So yeah. So I I don't know. I I've got a theory. Okay. When I go to the Tetons on a climbing trip, it, I'm it's like I'm addicted to the Tetons. Mm-hmm. That's true. I love to go and I love to climb, but while I'm there. Everything that's going through my mind is, I just want to get back to the car where I'm safe. Oh. Because when I'm climbing in the Tetons, it's steep, and I always feel like everywhere I am when I'm when I'm in the Tetons, I'm always watching my step to make sure I don't slip and fall to my death. And I just feel that like can those, be nerve wracking over time. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like those mountains yeah. are always trying to kill me. Now I did do a backpacking trip through the Tetons, and that was phenomenal. Mm. But we, it was on flatter ground. I right. never felt like scared for my life. But anytime I'm climbing the Grand or any of the other peaks, I'm it's it's just real technical terrain. It drop away from you quickly. Yeah. And yeah, you just always have to be on your guard. You can't yeah. really just relax. And I've got a feeling that the CDT is that way to some extent. It's more extreme, higher altitude, worse weather. There's not an easy trail to follow. So you're always a little bit on edge. You always right. have to be on guard. You're always 
you know, you can't just relax and just hike mindlessly through enjoyable terrain. You, you're like, you're either being, getting the crap beat out of you by the wind right. or rain or cold. You're not sleeping as well. Or grizzlies. Or grizzlies are eating your, your shoes. Um, right. Or you're having to worry about whether you're on the right trail or not and where the trail went and when yeah. am I going to find the trail again. So it's my theory that that probably takes away from a lot of the just the fun enjoyment of it. It's a major accomplishment. It's a it's quite the adventure, but I just imagine that and I could be wrong, you could speak to this better than I could, but on the PCT it sounds to me like it's a beautiful trail and you can just relax and enjoy it a lot more. That's absolutely true. I you you have a really good point and, I, and yeah i think that you're right because i've told this to my friends since i've been back hiking on the pct um the weather is very mild um you can get rain you can get snowstorms you you can have something happen that's inevitable but the pacific crest trail you can hike the whole thing without getting rained on once. That is very possible. Wow. I've he- I've heard of hikers who don't even pack a rain jacket um, because they know Holy that. Cow. Which yeah, which is wild because you go through the, the Pacific Northwest and exactly. Yeah, well, it's crazy. It's I mean, right. yeah, and and I just think back to the PCT, which was my first real in- introductory backpacking trip. Um, I remember being somewhere on the trail exposed with a really beautiful view. And in my mind at that time, I'm thinking, Oh, it'd be awesome to camp up here. There's going to be an amazing sunset there. I could find a saddle with a a flat spot, set up my tent, um, take some photos or whatever that might be. And this will be an awesome place to, uh, I'll set, I'll eat dinner right there with the sunset happening on the CDT. Absolutely. Never would I ever do that because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh and, and it honestly it would it would ha- i had like anxiety about it and other hikers who i talked with about this too they also it, it kind of developed this anxiety because you're always on edge you're always thinking i'm always looking to the west um thinking okay there's some clouds out there is that gonna cultivate some sort of rainstorm and it's come gonna come in and drop on me because i need to even i'm exposed right now i can't wait to get down yeah. Because if a storm, com- storm comes in, I'm not in the trees, and I'm the tallest thing around, so my uh, chances of getting struck by lightning have just increased like crazy. Lot, yeah. So I was always sort of feeling this uh, anxiety of, okay, I need to get out of the elements, and will my rain jacket soak through if I'm out here long enough? Like I need to get into some trees. I need to stay warm. All these different factors are always running through my head, and that's just what the cdt brings the the slogan of the cdt is embrace the brutality which i think is a, <laughs> I, th- I mean over Sounds time awful yeah <laughs> over time i like my friends and i would be like embrace the brutality and just kind of make fun of that slogan and but, then you weren't making fun of it anymore were yeah you? <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but that really is that really is how i felt i i felt like the elements the weather was always um was never in my favor it was always super windy it was always potential of a lightning storm coming in usually always around 2 2 p.m to 5 p.m or throughout the night um and it just if you wake up in the morning and it's a a clear blue sky 
that doesn't mean anything. It right. doesn't here in Utah. You wake up, clear blue sky. Chances are it's going to be that way for the rest of the day, maybe even the next week. But on the CDT, that blue sky could probably last the morning, and then it, yeah, yeah. Well, so sounds like dang, the yeah. um, PCT is fun and the CDT is work. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, I I feel like I've been saying a lot of um, sort of. Yeah, you've talked me right out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, I do want to say though, the CDT is extremely beautiful. It's um, I'm super fortunate and very thankful for the time that I got to spend on that trail. Um, it is just very hard, and it definitely beat me down. Um, right now, I don't think I would try through hike on it again, but maybe I will. I don't know. I love backpacking, so maybe I'll go back to it. <laughs> I know you've you've got to run. Um, just real quick, we tasked you with, um, you know, shooting a lot of videos and and photos for right. gear reviews and stuff, mm-hmm. which we're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, how how was that on the on the trip? Did that affect the experience at all? Uh, no, not at all. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it it didn't affect it at all. I mean, it, the only way it would affect is, you know, sometimes uh, I would spend like 40 minutes like filming the review. So that took away like 40 minutes of hiking time. That's not a big deal, though. That's the only way that it affected it. But no, it actually um, it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed doing that. And um, and I try to I got I'm really fortunate because I got to try a lot of different things. Um, some things I liked, some things I didn't like like um and then fi- yeah finally on, on that point um i don't know if that was a good or bad because as a through hiker you kind of find what you like and right. you keep it the whole time but we were swapping stuff out with you right where you were probably like no give me that old tent back or something i don't know there's some things that i felt that way about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah good to know we'll, we'll yeah. hear more about that on the upcoming uh so well you're going to be out of town mm-hmm. um so I don't know if we can get you back on before you you, you run out of town because it would be nice to get some some of the gear chat on the podcast. But um, so let me just ask yeah. you one question. Okay. And I don't necessarily want you to go into detail about this. Okay. Um. Maybe I guess two questions: best piece of gear and worst piece of gear. Don't say anything about why or whatever. We'll dive into that on a future episode. Okay. Best piece of gear and worst piece of gear. Um. Okay. Mm, good questions. Wow, that is a good question. Um, best, my favorite piece of gear would probably be um, my shorts, my icebreaker shorts. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And they were short, too. They were short. Short shorts. Which <laughs> is part of the reason why they're, they're m- great. They're great. Um, worst piece of gear... Just say Don't, it. Just, my rab sleeping bag. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that hurts a little. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that hurts a little. I know, you know I know, that's I know, what I know. it's all about. That's, that's, uh, and I'll dive into I, I that. I love rab. Rab, we're sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I like rab, yeah, too. We'll, we'll talk about why. I'll though. dive into it another yeah. time. There's oh, certain I'm reasons so why. Curious. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll dive into that another time. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, right. Brian. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll um we'll chat with you, hopefully soon. But I know you leave to go uh, spend some time at home for a little mm-hmm. while before you come back with us at Gear Thirty. So right, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> All right, thanks, Brad. Thank you for joining us today for the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please click subscribe. Also, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Gear underscore Three Zero. 
Um, leave us a uh, a friendly review if you enjoyed the podcast. Five star. And um, also, you can like us on Facebook and check out our website, gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. If you missed Bryden's uh, blog post as he was hiking the CDT, you can find those on our blog on gear30.com. And um, stay tuned for future episodes of Bryden as we learn more about his trip, uh, his experiences, and what gear he loved and didn't love. Thanks, and we'll see you on the next episode.